Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Innovation Scholar Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Hughes, coming live from the University of Charleston in West Virginia. Let's get started. With me today, I have Dr. Travis Kale and Dr. Terry Cyphers. Everyone, please welcome them to the show. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, so, Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. So, uh, Dr. Travis Kale, would you please introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. sure. So, um, I'm the director of the Innovation Center, and um, I've been doing that since January. Uh, so, what's that make about on my fourth month now? And uh, formal, formerly, I was the director of the Center for Career Development here at the University of Charleston. So, grand total, I've been at UC uh, about five and a half years now, uh, and really enjoy it. I, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to come back here. I'm a, I'm a native West Virginian. Um, had a had a brief stint uh, over at uh, West Virginia State University, which is a uh, for those who don't know, it's a, a small land grant HBCU about ten miles here from UC, and so it's a great school with a lot of a lot of history. But um, I actually got one of my degrees from from here at UC, so I've, I've got definitely a special place in my heart. Uh, I got my Doctor of Executive Leadership here, where Terry, uh, Doctor Soffers, was one of my classmates. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, uh, podcast to get to talk about innovation a little bit with Terry. Yeah, th- thank you for being here. And then for those of you who have been following us from the very beginning, in our very first episode, we had an introduction to the podcast. And with us on that day, we had David Ramsberg, who's not with us here today, but Terry Cyphers, who was there. So, Terry, you were the first ever returning <laughs> member of the public to come back on the show. Thank you. I follow the show. I love the show. I think it's great for innovation. I think it's great for UC. And, uh, you know, I can't think of a place I'd rather be. That's right. Well, you've had a little uh, career change since you were last on the show. You know, I I describe myself as an adventurer, and I enjoy new challenges. And uh, yeah, yeah, I still do some innovation. Uh, more of an entrepreneur at heart. That's great. Yeah. And for those of you who don't believe that, check his LinkedIn. It does say adventurer. So there we go. We, <laughs> that we makes it official, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's no turning back from it now. <laughs> yes. So. Well, alrighty. Well, t- on today's episode, we were, we'd like to talk about the word innovation. Is it have any meaning to it left, or is it just simply a buzzword? So, you guys, this is for both of you to answer. So, there's a there was an article published by the Harvard Business Review back in 2020 um, by a Miss Nadia Zihexenbeeva, and in that article there was a quote that says, "Let me start with the obvious." Innovation is the buzzword. In fact, it has been a buzzword for so long, you could say we've developed a cult around it. Now, that's a pretty powerful statement, and that's how the article began, actually. So she came out swinging on that one. <laughs> um, so first off, what are your two's opinion? We'll go with uh, Travis first. Uh, well, uh, she's probably right. I think a lot of people have adopted that as a buzzword and... and uh I guess you can call it a cult. A lot of people just use it in their everyday language as if it's uh, uh, just everybody knows what it is. And uh, the thing about it is, and let me preface what I'm going to say by saying that I'm still learning a lot. Uh, Dr. Cyphers knows, uh, at least right now, a lot more than I do about innovation. Uh, I will say that I'm learning uh, as quickly as I can, uh, and and I love it. Um but one thing I, I 
I do know and I have learned is that innovation describes something very specific. It's a uh, it's the process through which we create value through new ideas. And so when people say innovation, sometimes they might be referring to entrepreneurship or just uh, new product design or something that might not really be innovation. So uh, I think that the the way that the author described it there, uh, people love the word. It has become a buzzword. Um, uh, but the thing about buzzwords is uh, – people start adopting them before they really know what what it means. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where we're at with innovation. It's uh, It sounds great, but um, as far as the number of people who are actually out there in the world practicing innovation, I think that's a pretty low number. Yeah, I think that was some great insight. So, Terry, what, what do you think? I, think? I think definitions matter, and I think probably what we see is, is we see people communicating – on the idea of innovation without really spending the time defining the commonality of what it really means. And interestingly enough, that's a, uh, that's a pretty common happenstance around innovation to the point where I think it was the U.S. Commerce uh, put together an advisory board to define innovation. And so... I've always used their definition of innovation, which really has the idea of new value creation, whether that's a new invention, whether that's a new process, whether that's a new service, whether that's a new offering, whether that's a new business model, or even a new organizational structure. So I think what would be helpful is um, an understanding of the definition and what I love about UC and what UC is doing, especially with the Innovation Scholar Program, is they're spending time around that. And as I understand it, Dr. Kale is putting together an innovation minor to help move that forward. And what this really works out to, once we understand the definition of innovation and sort of what it is, new value creation through a certain means, then what we can start to do is we can start to replicate it. And I think that's what's going to be really important about that innovation monitor. To my knowledge, the only one in the state, Travis. To, to my knowledge, that's that's true as well. I, I think um, when you when you look at innovation in academia, it's generally coupled with entrepreneurship or engineering. And um, what makes us a little bit different, and there's only a couple of schools that I've been able to see that still that do this. Not very many at all. Uh, what we're teaching is the science of innovation, not the science of product development, not um, the, how to start a new business. Those are all things that are related to innovation, but that's innovation comes first. And that's what we're focusing on at UC. And I think what, what else sort of expands the conversation is, is when you start thinking about that idea of innovation, whether it's a new product, a new invention, a new service, a a new whatever. You know, there's sort of a scale there. And when you start to really uh, think through that, what you're able to develop is, is you're able to develop this innovation portfolio, Mm -hmm. almost like a stock portfolio. Mm -hmm. Some innovation 
especially the process innovation, Eli, as you well know, with the Lean Six Sigma background and a CAP-M. You know, that's, that's innovation. You're mm-hmm. adding new value, and, you know, Toyota's done very well with that particular thing. And so that, I would say that's maybe more on the safer side of innovation. And, of course, you can move on out to new organizational structures, and you can move out to new product development. It's a little bit more on the riskier side. And I know here at UC, you guys are very lucky because President Roth comes from an innovation background. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take very long to take a look around campus. And if you follow UC at all, you can see the innovation portfolio that he's building. And it's incredible. And if you're paying attention, what you really see is is everything from sort of the safer innovation to more of the riskier innovation. And what what he understands is, and I think what most innovators at at sort of an executive level start to understand is, is you can build an innovation portfolio and you can add tremendous value to an organization. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. This, that, uh, that conversation kind of ties into the next point I was hoping to make. Um, in this, in the, also in the article that we referenced in the first question, they said there are approximately 70,000 books uh, published about innovation and it says that it take close to around 3,000 years to read them all. And obviously, I'm not going to live that long. <laughs> so the, the, you know, then comes the point, you know, like, how do innovation, do you, do you think, because you touch about processes and entrepreneurship, engineering, do you think that, that uh, the, the broadness of innovation has hurt the word and hurt the, you know, the, the, the viability of it? Or? I, think, I think there's people who latch on to trends and try to make a buck everywhere. And what I would just ask the listeners to consider something that Travis and I learned in our time here at UC and the doctoral program of executive leadership, we were introduced to this incredible book. It was called The Formation of Scholars by Dr. George Walker, who, by the, by the way, is on staff here. Yeah. And he had this very interesting model. And what he talks about is the idea of the scholar practitioner. And so I think there are people who inherently know how to innovate. And I would ask that they would go to sort of the literature and combine those two. And what you come out with is is you come out with a very informed understanding of innovation. And frankly, there's been a lot of books written. And one that I would recommend to the listener is from Larry Keeley. The Ten Types of Innovation, where Dr. Keeley, I think, was over 200, 300 years, studied innovation. And what he figured out was, from his research, that there's ten types of innovation. And I tell you, it's pretty powerful what he'd come up with. So anyone who's serious about being that scholar practitioner, that's a must read. That's that's number one on the list. It'll change your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I'll just I'll add quickly that um, leadership is the exact same way. So the field of leadership, uh, there are probably more books than that out there about leadership. And I'll tell you a really funny story. When I was um, uh, getting ready to start the the Doctor of Executive Leadership program, um, you know, I'd already been been accepted to the program, so I was kind of like, getting myself ready. I knew there was going to be a lot of reading, and I knew I had to develop an understanding of, of leadership from on a scholarly level. But I didn't know where to start, right? So 
I went down to Books A Million. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I'm going to look for books about leadership. And I found one called, um, uh, it was by John Maxwell, who's a famous uh, author out there. It was called the, uh, I think it's called The 21 Laws of Leadership. You might be familiar with that one, Terry. But um, I thought, okay, well, this is a good place to start. And and I I read the book. And, um, you know, picked up some some tidbits, although I think the tidbits were probably a little more common sense than anything. Um, and when I went to the uh, – when I started the doctoral program after that, uh, which was about, you know, about a month or six weeks after I read that book, it, it blew my mind. It was like way different than all the stuff that was in that book because I was like, oh, this is this is like – real leadership. This is what this is what we study, you know, the th- the things the aspects that we were studying the the process of becoming a scholar practitioner as Terry said, uh it was a much different process than just reading a book about, you know, the 21 laws of leadership or the or the 10 things you must do to become a leader. That's what's happened in innovation. There's a lot of people who have had decent success in life uh, you know, every CEO thinks that they're uh, a great innovation person, so they go out and write a book about it. Well, yeah, you know, you might pick up a few good tips, but but that's but that doesn't tell you really about the process of innovation. So, yeah, I think that uh, that was very well said by both of you. Very well said. Very well said. Well. So for those of you who don't know, this is a two-part series. So this is kind of this is the last question until we wrap up to the next part. Um, what do you guys believe that the next term is going to be? That's going to be the next buzzword per se um, in the field. Oh, can I start, Chris? Oh yeah. I think by far it's already been established, and that's leadership. Mm-hmm. Two billion dollar industry for leader development. Um, questionable on some of the product that's out there. And I, I would just say that scholar practitioner and the leadership is going to become more and more important because the world's becoming more and more complex. And by the way, it parlays into the innovation. You're going to have a really tough time innovating without good leadership. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible. So what I'm seeing in the literature is more and more leadership and innovation, literature starting to be put together, more studies around that. But I think sort of the the buzzword out there is is leadership, and I would just caution listeners. And again, I would I would really buy off on the idea of the scholar practitioner. It's made an incredible difference, at least for me. Terry went a little little different direction than I was expecting him to there, but I it, boy, but that's the truth though. I mean, uh, le- leadership just like innovation has has unfortunately. Uh, probably lost a little bit of its meaning because of the ways he uses the buzzword. But but the one that I would uh, was going to go with um, is the word mindset. So uh, it's funny. I've been especially now that that COVID is uh, past us, or so we hope. Um, I've been able to actually go to a couple conferences <laughs> over the last year, and uh, you you wouldn't believe how many breakout sessions there are about mindset. You know, come. Learn about mindset, mindset and leadership, mindset and career services, mindset in fill in the blank, and and I'm like, 
well, there's there's some value here for sure, but but it's just mindset everywhere. You know, does does anybody really know what they're talking about? <laughs> or or again, does somebody read a book uh, and so now they think they're an expert in mindset and so they go out and talk about it? So so. Um, That'll. That's my guess. If I'm if I'm going to be a futurist and guess the next big buzzword, I, I think it's mindset. Yeah, now I have a couple follow up questions for both of you. So first, I'll start with Terry since you went first. You, you said uh, leadership was the word, and then you also made the connection with leadership and innovation. It seems to me there are more and more jobs out there where there the, these uh, high executives in these big large companies they had the title of uh, innovation. Uh, whatever manager innovation strategy you know that, that type that sort of thing do you think that's part of it i think i think it's indicative of where we're headed i'm glad to see corporations bringing on chief innovation officers i think that's a really good idea but i think what's also coupled with that and there's extensive literature and what you start to figure out is is when you start looking at innovation and leadership there's another idea that's out there, and that's change management, right? And that's been around, shoot, Travis, a long time. Yeah, years and, and years. And so what I, the way I understand it is, is I think people are starting to connect the dots. I think, I think innovation as a science is still early, much like coaching. Mm-hmm. But I think what's going to happen is, is you're going to see innovation mature as a full-fledged discipline, and I think when that happens, you're going to you're going to see a lot of other areas that parlay into it. it. It's almost as if innovation seems like this univariate analysis, and any social scientist knows that you always want the multivariate stuff, right? <laughs> because more than one. And so I think when you start to to work through that, I think it's early. I think we'll start seeing that maturity in the next five or ten years. And you know, if I had to put any futuristic thinking on it, I think what you're going to see is is that innovation is going to marry really, really quickly with change management, which is a leadership function. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Travis, so your word was mindset. Do you think uh, mindset has become the – or is predicted to be the next buzzword, in your opinion, due to the fact that so many of the younger generation is more – in tap with you know mental you know more way of thinking or what do you think yeah i i think that's part of it and by the way that i'm in favor of that that's good i we we've ignored mental health for too long in this in this country uh in the world for that matter um so i'm, I'm glad that 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 it is coming to the forefront um i think from a very pragmatic standpoint there was a best-selling book written a couple of years ago by uh, well, a couple is probably 10 years or older at this point, but uh, I believe her name was Carol Dweck, and the name the book was called Mindset, and it was just kind of took took the the world by storm. You know, it was it was very popular, just in the same way that 25 years ago, emotional intelligence caught fire. Um, so these things tend to catch fire. Um, what what I will say is, some disciplines are very Specific. Some disciplines are very broad. 
leadership and innovation are both very broad because they can literally be present anywhere. It can be present in your personal life. It can be present in the government. It can be present in an organization and in, in the, uh, you know, academia, whatever. Uh, just like psychology, right? Psychology is one of these fields that's very, very broad. Um, mindset, at least as to my understanding of it, is a sort of an offshoot of psychology. So um, it, it is something that's probably going to be um, become more and more, continue to become more and more popular uh, just as a, as a topic, right? Um, uh, but but it, it doesn't, it's not quite as broad as innovation. You know, innovation, leadership, you're, you're more likely to see a, a director of innovation before you'd see a director of mindset. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Very true. Well, fellas, uh, thank you for this uh, this episode. As uh, again for those listening, this was part one. Um, part two will be coming up to you shortly. So, um, thank you for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>